phones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Well, hello, all you SwiftCasters out there. This is episode 99 of SwiftCast, and today we have your hosts, Adam, Ashley, Nate, and Steph. And before we get started with our episode, we do have one special announcement that Ashley will tell you about. So we are only one week away from our 100th episode, and I just cannot believe it. Woo! (laughs) So that's going to be next Sunday, March 29th, and we want to do something special to celebrate being around for 100 episodes in almost two years, and we want to do something we've never done before and something that would involve you guys and let us interact with you. So next Sunday, March 29th, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, We're having a live call-in episode. We've never done this before, where you guys can literally call us, talk to us, ask us anything you want, answer trivia questions, try and enter to win some prizes, and it's going to be a blast. So how you're going to do that is watch our Twitter, and we'll have the link, but we're going to have a special link for you to join in on a conference call. You can join either from your phone or from a computer. If you're going to do it from the computer, we suggest you download Google Chrome beforehand because it seems like that works best. And yeah, for two hours, anyone that wants to can just chat with us about whatever you want. So hopefully you guys can mark that on your calendars. And it'll also be really exciting because we can all get pumped up together for the iHeartRadio Awards, which are going to be on later that night. That's right. I'm looking forward to um, chatting with all of the listeners. And like Ashley said, if they want to ask us any questions while we're on there or tell us anything about Taylor experiences you've had, it's very much an open forum and we look forward to it. Oh, I know I am for sure. It's always fun to talk to you guys. Everyone's going to call in just for you, Nate. I hope so. I mean. (laughs) You just have like a long list of fans that have been demanding your time and attention. You know, recently there have been. It's been getting a little bit overwhelming. (laughs) And they're going to ask you to pronounce all of the different fashion items that Taylor wears. Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) Well, did you guys see that recently Taylor has been back posting a few things on Tumblr? It seems that she had been not using Tumblr for a few weeks, but she did make a post on March 20th that I thought was really funny. Or I'm sorry, she responded to a post on Tumblr. And the post was a couple of pictures of her out hiking. She's kind of looked funny in a couple of funny poses. And the poster said that she was looking like she was practicing her dancing techniques. And she responded and said that, no, she was not dancing. She was prancing. And I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. She's also been liking some hilarious posts. There was this one that had Meredith's face over a cat. It was like a gif of this cat filing its nails, and they put Meredith's face over it, and then the photo below it was the huge scratch on Taylor's leg. <laughs> yeah, she's been on a liking spree. It's been exciting just to see her back on there again. I was really happy because I saw that she liked someone's post that said, please play I Wish You Would on the 1989 tour. So I will take her liking it as confirmation that it will be on the tour. Hopefully. (laughs) It's set in stone now, she promised. Now, am I allowed to claim bragging rights? Because last week on the episode at the end when we were talking about what Taylor will do next week, I said, and I think I said tweeted, but I don't know, we can blur the lines a little bit, but that Taylor would be talking about the 1989 tour. Yeah, so she kind of indirectly did. Didn't she tweet about it like a week or so ago when it was still 60 days away? Yeah, that's true. She's been tweeting a lot about it. It's really exciting. She said when she came back on Tumblr, she made the hashtag in rehearsal lurking. (laughs) Yes, very exciting. And we know that she's been in Nashville because there have been absolutely no pictures of her. So she seems to be hard at work. That's good. It's almost April. And then once it's April, all we have to do is wait till May and then it's here. Yep, we're already in the 40s. Soon we'll be in the 30s. And all of the band and dancers keep tweeting things that make me even more excited. I saw that too. They say it's going to blow your mind. (laughs) So one other thing I wanted to ask you guys about was if you saw the Paper Towns trailer that was released this week. I know that Taylor doesn't have any direct affiliation with the movie, but she has her friend Kara who's in the lead role and she even tweeted about the trailer when it came out. So did you guys see that? I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been really excited about this movie. I've loved the book when I read it last year. 
Yeah, and I'm still convinced, even though nothing's been confirmed, that she has something going on. A song or something for this movie. That would be cool. Yeah, I've never read the book or anything, but just watching the trailer, it did look like an interesting movie. Yeah, that might have to be something that I could check out reading the book. The author is John Green, right? Yeah, from The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. Yeah, and months ago, John tweeted that he talked to Taylor on the phone. And then John made that t-shirt campaign with the Yes Whale. And Taylor's just been all about paper towns recently. So I'm excited to see what happens. It comes out in May, right? No, I think it comes out in July. Oh, okay. July. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to watch out for that one. That'll be right in the middle of the tour when it comes out. So if she does have a song, that song could even be a surprise performance one night. Be stage. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, even if she doesn't have a song, she probably would go to the premiere. But maybe it would conflict with the tour date. We'll have to see. Either way, it's exciting. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our first segment of the episode, and this is one of my favorite segments. It's where we go back and look at older tweets that Taylor made from past years around this time in March. Well, our first one is from March 20th, 2009. Taylor said, why am I a nocturnal? And I just thought that was funny because she's definitely become nocturnal again recently with Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, she's always posting very late. Our next one comes from the 22nd of March in 2009, where she says, Saw Abigail for the first time in 50 years last night and lived <laughs> vicariously through her college stories. <laughs> I always like the Abigail tweets. Our next one is from the following day, March 23rd, 2009. Taylor tweeted, Furniture shopping for the tour, so backstage can be lovely. I didn't realize that she bought specific backstage furniture. Yeah, I wonder if that was furniture that ended up in the tea party rooms, because that would have been for the Fearless tour, correct? Yeah. Oh, true. Maybe she was picking all that stuff out. Our next one is from 2010 on March 21st, when Taylor tweeted, The downside to drawing my lucky number on my hand equals waking up with an upside-down 13 imprint on the side of my face. <laughs> she doesn't have that problem anymore. That doesn't feel like it was five years ago already. I know, seriously. On March 22nd, 2011, which would have been during the Speak Now tour, she said, about to go on stage in Birmingham, we're back in the UK. Funding. <laughs> <laughs> Our next one comes from the 24th of March in 2011, writing a song all afternoon in my hotel room, Dublin, Ireland. Do we know what song that was? Must have been something maybe on Red? Yeah, it should have been for Red. Mm. Mm. I wonder. I don't know if any of you guys know what song she might have been writing back then. Let us know. While she was still in Dublin on March 26, 2011, Taylor tweeted, We spent the day at a castle in Dublin and Paul Sidoti proposed to his girlfriend, Ashley White. This was when she was still using Yfrog. She posted a photo on Yfrog. Yeah, it's sad because none of those pictures are viewable anymore. It's really sad. Whatever happened to Yfrog? I completely <laughs> forgot about that website. <laughs> Replaced by Instagram, I guess. Yep, something new and bigger and better is always coming out. Well, in 2012, on March 20th, Taylor tweeted, Whoa, Eyes Open is number 11 on iTunes. Cool. Whoa. <laughs> As if she's actually shocked. <laughs> I always like that song. Hey, actually, maybe when Taylor was in Dublin, she was writing either Eyes Open or Safe and Sound. Maybe she was reading The Hunger Games. Oh, that could be it. Could have been. Well, the next one is from also March 20th, 2012, and it's probably my favorite out of all these tweets. Taylor tweeted, The Academy of Country Music Awards are coming up. Entertainer of the Year is fan voted. I made a video, and it's this hilarious video of Taylor talking to Meredith when Meredith was still just a kitten. And she was pretty cooperative in this video. I can't see her sitting there and just meowing patiently. <laughs> Taylor made a video now. She's basically just talking all about the ACMs and Meredith was chiming in at all the right times. It's really cute. <laughs> I love that video when it came out. Now Meredith would claw her to death. Yeah. <laughs> she would just give her that like deadpan cat blink and then just turn her head away. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, this one's kind of cool. 23rd of March, 2013. This tour is making me so happy. Aw. Of course, in reference to the Red Tour. Just 10 days into the tour. Yeah, the very beginning of it. I'm pretty sure this next one's going to make her even happier. I think so. This next tweet is from March 26th of 2013. 
I've listened to My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark by Fall Out Boy 43 times today. <laughs> I actually saw this tweet and downloaded the song. And then in July, I was at MetLife when Patrick Stump came out as a special guest. It was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's a cool one to see. So we have to pay attention to any songs and any artists she's tweeting about these days. Exactly. Yeah, those are always potential special guests. So obviously Kendrick Lamar at every show. <laughs> <laughs> and our last one for today is from March 25th of 2014, so last year. And it was a post on Instagram that said, So far this week, all I want to do is paint, and all I want to paint are watercolor flowers. And it included a link to Instagram and a nice painting that she made. She's really gotten so good with her painting in the past year. Yeah, she has. And even though I think she claims to say when you look at some of the gifts that she's given to people that she's a horrible artist, but obviously that's not true. Well, that was fun to look back at all of her tweets from the past five or six years or so. But let's move on to our next segment, which is Keeping Up with Swift. So this was exciting, I'm sure, for Taylor. Ellen Pompeo, who plays Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy, responded to Taylor's photo of the scratch on her leg. And she said, this is awkward because my namesake did this. But as your doctor, please keep that scratch clean. Yours truly, the real Dr. Grey. <laughs> I bet Taylor's still fangirling over that. Well, our next bit of news, I'm sure you guys saw the tweet, that Taylor was very excited that Kendrick Lamar released his album early. And so she tweeted a photo of her and Carly from the Vogue photo shoot and wrote, when that new Kendrick comes on. And then she tweeted another photo of them and wrote, you know what they say, girls wearing feathers flock together. Wait, no one says that. <laughs> <laughs> and there are actually two really cool pictures of her and Carly. So if you guys haven't seen them, check them out. Are those outtakes from the Vogue photo shoot or were they part of the Vogue photo shoot or? They were part of the Vogue photo shoot. And if you guys haven't picked up a copy, definitely do that soon. I did see they were still on the newsstand, at least at the grocery store I was at. But they're probably going to be putting out the new issue soon. This next piece of news is very exciting. Eric Church interviewed with Rolling Stone and he talked about Taylor. I really like Eric Church. I think he's really underrated in country music. And I like the whole story about how Eric Church got kicked off the Rascal Flatts tour back in 2006 and Taylor took over for him. And then when she got her first gold album, she sent it to Eric Church and said pretty much, thanks for getting fired. <laughs> I got my first gold album. And he's always thought that was hilarious. So they just seem like they're friends. And so he was talking about her and he said... If you look at Taylor's career, she's in a space that historically, I don't know anybody's ever been in. Everybody always compares her to Madonna, but I don't know, man. Madonna at 25, was she at this spot? No, I don't think so. Especially if you look at what she's done in country prior to kind of moving into pop. She has such a unique career and she's so young and it's going to be really cool to see where that goes. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's a good point that he brings up. Obviously, all of us are too young to know what Madonna was like when she was 25, but I would find it hard to believe that Madonna was as popular at 25 as Taylor currently is. Agreed. And I think Taylor will withstand the test of time. She's already been in this for so long. Ten years from now, I think she's still going to be having a huge impact on the music industry. And you also have to take into account just how much harder it is to sell albums now than it was in the 80s and 90s and what Taylor is still achieving. Yeah, she's achieving what no one else can in the way the music industry is now. Well, Eric Church also said about Taylor, I thought that what she did with the pop album was the most brilliant thing, and I totally get why she did it. It completely and totally makes everybody out there go, what the hell is next? It's such a departure, and it was so fresh that she's opened up the whole field. Yeah, she really has. For me, even back to her first album, I always thought, how is she going to top herself? How is she going to make this even better? And that's just what she does. She always finds a way to top herself. And that's why, like Eric Church says, she's just brilliant. Well, she beat yet another record recently on Instagram. There are only six photos on all of Instagram that have over 2 million likes, and two of them are Taylor's. The first one is from December 26, 2014, and it's a picture when Taylor was on her airplane holding Olivia, 
and it had the caption, she was completely exhausted from all the other naps she had taken that day. And then the second one is from March 5th, 2015, just a couple weeks ago. And it's the one where Taylor has Olivia on top of her and the caption says, I woke up like this with the cat on me. So obviously people really love cats, especially <laughs> Olivia. I think that's an understatement. People really love cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other four photos that have over 2 million, one of them is of Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. One of them is from Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's wedding. One is Kylie Jenner and one is from Kendall Jenner. I'm sure she'll have more pictures that exceed that. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. She just needs to get a third cat. <laughs> <laughs> And remember, two cats is a party, three cats is a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And speaking of Taylor on social media, and we did kind of touch on this already, but she tweeted, 50 days until the 1989 World Tour kicks off. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. NBD. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor is still breaking records. Style has now gone to number one on pop radio. And so this is now Taylor's third number one in a row. All three singles from 1989 have hit number one, and it's pretty exciting. Nice. It is. I'm glad it's number one. It definitely deserves to be. In record sales, 1989 has now sold 6,679,000 copies worldwide and is still in the top five of album sales for this week. Despite being released 19 weeks ago, it has sold over 64,000 copies alone just this past week. I just think that's really impressive. Yeah, that is, seriously. <laughs> Some albums aren't even opening with 64,000 copies. Right. Taylor's just still selling that many. Well, in other news, it just was announced that Taylor is on the cover of the German magazine Gala Style for their summer 2015 issue. It seems like they have a lot of nice pictures of Taylor in some of her most fashionable outfits. And for our last bit of news, Taylor was spotted in Nashville this past week eating dinner and shopping at Nordstrom's. And she did arts and crafts with Lily Aldridge and her daughter. And she also posted on Tumblr that she was in rehearsals. And the cool thing was her band members had some very exciting tweets about rehearsals. For instance, David Cook, he tweeted, watch out for Taylor on this next tour. It's another level for real. Camilla Marshall, she responded in all caps, for reals. Melanie tweeted, you might think you know how dope T-Swift is. But you don't. Taylor, you are magical. And then Elliot responded, truth. Oh, so exciting. Oh, I know. Seriously. Everybody's getting geared up for the tour. Speaking of David Cook, did any of you guys see the picture that he tweeted of him with the other David Cook? That was hilarious. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was like a picture so many years in the making. They finally met. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to check that out. I just really want to know what Taylor revealed to the band members on this day. It must have been something huge. Yeah, I don't know if it was, you know, a specific reveal or, you know, they might even be practicing specific songs with dances and design and costume. Who knows? And I don't know how far along they are, but based on these tweets, I'm sure it is going to be unbelievable. I just had a totally random thought, but it would be so cool. I don't know if she would do this, but it would definitely blow people's minds. I don't remember when I talked about this, but I know I did on the show before how on Katy Perry, not her last tour, but the one before that, when she had Hot and Cold, she had this like magical quick change, almost like software program that let her wear like 50 different outfits all within the like, three minute song. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember you talking about it before. Well, I just had the thought, what if Taylor did something like that for style? That would be cool for style. Just another random tour prediction. Maybe she'll have like a bunch of models with 50 different outfits going down the runway. Because it pretty much is a <laughs> runway. She'll just have the actual Victoria's Secret Angels on tour with her. <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be awesome. <laughs> they have nothing else going on. They can do it. Hence the runway stage. There we go. Yeah, it's really a runway. <laughs> She must be using it for a fashion show. I mean, Lily is in Nashville. Maybe she's practicing. <laughs> I really want to ask them once the tour starts, if I run into any of them at any shows, what happened on this day? <laughs> Hopefully they would tell us by then. Well, let's take a look at Taylor's upcoming schedule, and she doesn't have a whole lot coming up, mostly because of the fact that she's doing tour rehearsals, but there are a few things that you should keep your eye out for. The first one's going to be on March 28th, which is next Saturday night, so keep your calendar clear for this. The Kids' Choice Awards will be happening. Taylor is up for Favorite Female Singer, 
and favorite song of the year for Shake It Off. It hasn't been announced yet whether Taylor will actually go, but just keep your eye on our Twitter, Taylor's Twitter, and that way you can tune in if she's going to be there. The following night on March 29th, which is Sunday, Taylor will be attending the second annual iHeartRadio Music Awards. And she has four nominations for the awards, and they are for Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Lyrics for Blank Space, and Best Fan Army, which is a fan-voted award. And the last thing on the upcoming schedule is the Radio Disney Awards on April 25th. And we still don't know if Taylor might attend, but she has four nominations for Best Female Artist, Best Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Song to Dance To for Shake It Off, and Most Talked About Artists, which she definitely is. Yeah, she should win a lot of these. Hopefully, anyway. I don't know, sometimes these uh, award shows are kind of rigged. Yeah, you never know. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you for the calendar, everybody, and let's move on to our mini-segments. First up, Nate has a mini-segment for us. I'm a little disappointed this week. We only had two people tweeting about mini-segments, about Swifty problems. You really need to get that participation up. I know, geez. I think everyone was just sleeping on Twitter this week. Maybe people found Swifty solutions. Ah, that's a good point. Well, anyway, our first one on Twitter comes from Jacqueline Ando, and she tweets, Me. Finally meets Taylor Swift. Me. Wakes up. Hashtag Swifty problems. Oh, it was all a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I've had many of those dreams. Me too. Our next one is from at K3N3Ida, and they tweeted, That moment when you're giving a presentation and your playlist pops up, it's a love story, baby, just say yes. Swifty problems. That's hilarious. I would have given her a standing ovation for the presentation. Well, thank you for those mini segments, and we hope that for next week we get a lot of submissions. So if you guys want to hear your either your Twitter handle or your name uh, announced on next week's show, please send us in a mini segment submission, and you can hear that on our next episode. Okay, now it's time for our fashion segment. I know this is always Nate and I's favorite section. Oh, yeah. So here we go with some older items that have just been located, and then we will be moving into some newer items. But back in October of 2014, on October 6th, while Taylor was recording a commercial for NRJ Radio in Paris, she was seen wearing a BCBG Max Azria Yaz Piping Trim A-Line Skirt, and that can be found for $178. On October 23rd, she was rehearsing for Jimmy Kimmel Live, and she had on an ASOS black and white mini quilted skater skirt, which is now on sale for $2201. It's a really good deal. And back on December 20th, when she was out with Lena Dunham in New York City, she wore a Max Studio double weave wool cape, which is $518, but now on sale for $268. I love that coat. It looked kind of like a cape slash poncho. Then, on February 17th, when she was leaving her apartment, she was carrying this gorgeous purple Velectra medium Isis tote. It is, unfortunately, $3,450, and it's only available in white. Wow. But I really like that purple color. And then a week later, on February 23rd, she was attending and receiving the IFPI Global Recording Artist of the Year Award, and she was wearing a Waldrip wool top with mock collar, and that is available for $325. And finally, from the Brit Awards in London on February 25th, she was wearing red Charlotte Olympia Belinda sandals, which are $1,029.15. So thanks, as always, to TaySwiftStyle.com for tracking down all these outfits for us. And you can go to her site to always keep up with Taylor's fashion throughout the week. Well, let's move on to our main discussion for this episode. And it is the fantastic bonus track song, The New Romantics. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I love this song. I think it's great. A lot of people I noticed actually, kind of surprisingly to me, say it should have been the first single instead of Shake It Off. Really? Wow. I actually disagree with that. But I do think it's a great song. Yeah, I don't think it should have been the first single, but I think it's very strong. Do you think it has potential to be a single in the future? Definitely, yes. Last week on episode 98, we talked about Wonderland. And I think on there I mentioned, I think Wonderland has more potential to be a single than New Romantics. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. 
I feel like they're equal. I feel like they would both appeal to different audiences. Now, I think the biggest question, well, at least that I have about this song, what do you guys think it's about? Do you think it's about her? Do you think it's about somebody else? Do you think it's just about a generation, I guess? I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Well, when you just look at the lyrics, it seems pretty straightforward, but all of Taylor's songs kind of have a deeper meaning to them. Yeah, when I was looking at the lyrics more detailed earlier, you know, you listen to the song and you jam along to it, but sometimes you don't necessarily think deeply about the lyrics. But when you actually go read them, I kind of got the impression that this song was kind of about sisterhood or girl power, because there are a couple of specific lines that made me think that this is about her friends. Yeah, I was kind of the same as Adam with my first impression of the song. It seemed like a sort of 22 2.0, like having fun with your friends. Except I think the lyrics here have more complexity than they do in 22. Well, this was actually named by Rolling Stone as one of the top 25 songs of 2014. And I almost would have expected one of Taylor's, you know, bigger songs like Shake It Off or something to be on here, but this was the only one that was in the top 25. And what they wrote about it in the article was, they quoted the lyric, we show off our different scarlet letters, trust me, mine is better. And they said, this might be the sharpest couplet Taylor has ever written, except maybe the others in the song. I have no idea why she left a song this urgent and glittery and perfect off her album, but geniuses are weird. <laughs> New Romantics is where she really indulges all that 80s synth pop she warned us about with a mascara smudge nod to the New Romantic scene that gave us Duran Duran and Adam Ant. I actually don't really know much about those artists, but it seems like they're saying that Taylor really, despite whatever the song may have been about, was really giving it the 80s treatment as much as possible. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually read something on Tumblr that I didn't know about. And somebody wrote that New Romantics was a fashion style from the 1980s. And it says that New Romanticism was a manufactured scene within London nightclubs in the early 1980s. And so it was just a lot of people in the 80s who were just kind of dressing up sort of like punk anti-fashion and just looking for new ways to draw attention to themselves through their style. So that was interesting to me. I had no idea. Yeah, that is interesting. See, I thought it was like that, except for almost the generation nowadays. I think in certain, maybe not in, in like a punk kind of way or, or, you know, that kind of spin that they had in the 80s. But I can still see that today being applied to a lot of people who do still go out, go to, you know, nightclubs. And I guess some of you might not be old enough to understand, I guess, how that is nowadays. But even still, I think it could be very well applied to the current generation. I don't know. The article in Rolling Stone there also has a quote. It says, she plays it very cool vocally. She even sings about we're all bored when boredom is maybe the least tay of emotions. But then that chorus hits and she's inside the mirror ball on a floor where the lights and boys are blinding and playing it cool won't cut it anymore. I thought I was Taylor's hugest fan, but I never imagined she had a tune like this in her. And that was all from Rob Sheffield in Rolling Stone. Yeah, I thought he did a nice write-up on the song. Well, there's another article that I found interesting from Genius.com, and it said that the song is kind of satirical, and it's about how the new romantics, aka young adults, view love and life. And it says, Taylor doesn't segregate herself from these young adults. She uses pronouns such as we and I to indicate that she also has embraced this mindset. And that it also points out that in her past albums, Taylor always approaches love from very extreme stances. AKA in Love Story, Picture to Burn, Dear John, Very Strong Emotions. But it says, however, this album marks Taylor's new mindset and approach towards love. We see her transition through a breakup and make the discovery that love is not a fairy tale and the chances of a happy ending is very unlikely. So it's better to live life freely and not take relationships too seriously. I think this is why people thought this would have been a great lead single because it really sets the tone for the whole album. It really shows Taylor's new mindset toward love and life. But I still just think Shake It Off was a better lead single. Yeah, it could have been the lead single. But like you said, Shake It Off was just perfect. And it was that whole haters gonna hate. And it was just a perfect introduction to the new era. Right, because Shake It Off also shows off Taylor's new mindset toward life. So in a way, they're kind of similar in that respect. 
I think what I find just really interesting about New Romantics is that all the imagery in the song, a lot of it talks about or alludes to being out in nightclubs, and that's just not really something we ever see Taylor doing. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, we don't ever really see Taylor out in nightclubs. I think, though, just maybe from a artistic standpoint, setting it like in a nightclub or in, you know, somewhere with, that has a lot of energy where a lot of young people are, I think that's a good place to, I guess, set the song almost, you know, make a, you know, just have a general setting for the song. I think it's just an interesting way to portray, I guess, the younger generation. No, I definitely agree. I almost feel like even though the song does reflect a lot of Taylor's attitudes, it's almost her observation on our generation as a whole more than from exactly her perspective. That makes total sense. I completely see what you mean there. And obviously she has so many good friends, male and female, in their 20s, and she probably observes what they do on the weekends and what they go through, and I'm sure a lot of them are more into that nightlife scene, and she can kind of draw from that. Well, moving into more of the actual lyrics of the song, are there any particular lyrics that jump out at you guys? There are so many for me. If you just start with the very beginning of the song, It's just perfect to me. We're all bored. We're all so tired of everything. We wait for trains that just aren't coming. We show off our different scarlet letters. Trust me, mine is better. There are so many days when I'm having a bad day, and especially in the winter when there's like nothing to do, tours seemed like ages away. And, you know, that line, we're all bored. We're all so tired of everything. How can you not relate to that? And I also love the line, we wait for trains that just aren't coming. I use that line all the time in my daily life. I think every time you're taking a train, you text that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I've been taking a train a lot recently. But even if something just doesn't go your way, it's like we're just all here waiting for these trains and they're just not coming. So in the scope of the song, does that line refer to the fact that they are waiting for something to happen or some type of change to be made or something to come? What is the exact meaning of that line? Yeah, I think that's how I interpret it. You know, you're everybody's like bored of life and people just sit around waiting for something to happen to them mm-hmm. and then sort of get mad when it doesn't. And then the line, we show off our different scarlet letters, is like, everybody's so bored, so you're talking to each other about how terrible your life is. This is how I interpret it. And your scarlet letter is like, oh, will this happen to me? But then your friend says, oh, will this happen to me? And it's way worse. Trust me, mine is better. Mm -hmm. Did you guys have a different interpretation of that? I think that's pretty accurate. That sounds right to me. The scarlet letter thing was cool, too, because it reminds me of a love story. Well, I almost feel like what you just said about like talking to your friends and oh, this happened to me, this happened to me, must sort of be what her conversations with her famous friends are like, comparing their experiences a lot of the time. Yeah, when they're showing off their scarlet letters, it's like, oh, the media tried to say that I'm dating my brother. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, Selena might respond with like, oh, well, they're trying to say that I'm dating some guy I don't even know. Their scarlet letters are probably more interesting than regular people's, I guess. You know, it's kind of interesting just because I'm very interested in how not just other generations view us, but just generations, I guess, in general, no pun intended, but how each of them are evaluated and almost classified into different mindsets and things like that. I'm sure you guys have heard the terms like Generation X, Generation Y, the Millennials, which encompasses us right now. But it's interesting because the song is almost like a perfect representation of how other generations have pinned Millennials, which would be ours which is like reckless, almost all in, like all or nothing, like we're bored, we're excited, you know, it's this very choppy, I guess, lifestyle. I know it's just very interesting to me to see how Taylor kind of puts that into words and then makes that into a song, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, it perfectly does. And I think that's a great transition into the next few lines of the song, which are kind of similar to the first few lines in the song. They read, we're so young, but we're on the road to ruin. We play dumb but we know exactly what we're doing. We cry tears of mascara in the bathroom. Honey, life is just a classroom. So I think that's just more examples of you and your friends sharing life experiences. The line, honey, life is just a classroom is all about learning experiences, whether they're good or bad, and just kind of more discussion of what's been going on in their lives. The honey, life is just a classroom is one of my favorites. I feel like I have a lot of favorites. 
in this song, but it's especially relevant to Taylor because she always talks about how when she was bullied as a teen in school and, you know, people wouldn't sit at lunch with her. And she always thought as a young child that, well, once I grow up, this just isn't going to happen to me anymore and things will be good. But then as we know, that's not true. And she wrote Mean. And during the Red Tour, the introduction to the Mean song was always about how she thought things would change when she grew up and then realized they didn't. And so it's like life really is just a classroom. You never really escape those mean kids that you had to deal with all throughout school. And it just continues throughout your whole life. That's a really good point. I definitely agree with that. And then moving on, um, I believe this part would be called the pre-chorus because the chorus comes next. Is that correct? I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the pre-chorus reads, um, and this is my personal personal favorite line um, from the song, because baby, I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me, and every day is like a battle, but every night with us is like a dream. So is that your favorite? I just like the imagery of that um, that phrase, um, all the people throwing bricks at her uh, throughout her time growing up. Um, obviously, these are um, hypothetical bricks or metaphorical bricks, um, but, you know, all the, the challenges that were thrown her way, all the um, bullying, like you mentioned earlier, um, she's saying, you know what, I'm going to take all that and I'm going to build a castle. And that's exactly what she did. Yeah, I love it because... It reminds me of ours, which is people throw rocks at things that shine. And here she is, instead of just saying, oh, well, people are going to throw rocks at things that shine. She's saying, okay, I'll take those bricks slash rocks and just build myself a castle. It's like, it just shows how her mentality has changed over the years. I will admit, though, it took me a while to figure out Every night with us is like a dream. I couldn't understand the with us for a few weeks. What did you think the line was? I didn't know. <laughs> I just kind of mumbled my way through it. <laughs> Still not as bad as Starbucks lovers. So I'll right. <laughs> I think my favorite line from the song is also from the chorus. We're too busy dancing to get knocked off our feet. Yeah, and that gives me a um, a twenty two vibe right there, because um, you know you you remember the music video um, with her and her friends all dancing, um, and they're just she's you know showing that they're so carefree um, and they're too busy dancing to worry about anything else. I feel like dancing has been a big theme for her, whether it's actually her dancing at all the award shows or whether and shake it off dancing on my own. I feel like that's been a big thing. Oh, yeah. And if you, again, look at the mentality progression, if you go back to Speak Now, Last Kiss, I'm not one for dancing, you know, and now here she is. She's just doing her own thing. And then the All Too Well connection, dancing around the room in the refrigerator light. Yeah. There she was with a guy dancing, and now she's just dancing on her own. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or with her friends. And I feel like really Heartbreak is the national anthem kind of encompasses this whole mentality slash theme. Kind of like that genius article that we talked about earlier. She's no longer being extremely idealistic about love, like in Love Story. And it seems like she's just recognizing Heartbreak is a national anthem. Nothing's perfect. Hmm accepting it for what it is. The next verse I messed up a lot too, where it says, we're all here, the lights and boys are blinding. I I thought it was boys, but then at a different time, I thought it was noise. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah, boys are blinding. I mean, I, I don't really think about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she wasn't in New York when she wrote that line because the lights in New York never blind her. <laughs> they don't. But this verse has another one of my favorites when 
she says it's poker he can't see it in my face but i'm about to play my ace and just when she does that like after the ace when it like kind of echoes the ace yeah like that it's my favorite and anytime i play cards now and i'm about to win a game i always do that and annoy everybody around me it's great <laughs> But this line also kind of brings up what Ashley was talking about, sort of the nightclub slash casino vibe that I think she was trying to get across here. I guess in both this song and in 22, I was a little confused how she's talking about being with her friends. And then this line, it sounds like she's about to go pick up a guy like in 22 at the end. You look like bad news. I got to have you. Mm -hmm. Like that just that line always didn't fit to me. And this one doesn't fit to me either. Oh, because, yeah, I feel like the whole song she's been um, talking about I and we. But then she begins talking about um, he can't see it in my face in that line. Yeah, I guess that's that's what it is. Yeah, I see what you mean there. But maybe she really just means it's not anybody she's romantically interested in. It's just she's like at a casino not maybe literally at a casino but at a casino and she's gonna play her ace and just win a bunch of money or get something out of it but you are right with 22 it seems much more like she's with her friends but then she's going to get this guy who looks like bad news i feel like she's trying to say that life is like a poker game yeah, in terms of ups and downs and, um, you know, you lose some and then you win some and then, yeah, it's like a roller coaster. And here in this song, she's about to play her ace and win everything because she knew this album was going to just destroy all records. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of the part later where she says please take my hand and please take me dancing and please leave me stranded. It's so romantic. Yeah. This line always intrigued me. I think it's satire really. I think she's saying that's what kind of relationships and love are like, where it starts out really exciting. And then, you know, he's taking her hand dancing and then it just ends and she's stranded. And so I think she's saying it's so romantic to be sarcastic. What do you guys think? Because I've kind of gone back and forth with this part. I agree with you, Steph. I think it is satire. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because, I mean, just if you take it literally, who wants to go out with somebody and then, you know, just get ditched? I mean, obviously. So <laughs> calling that romantic, I mean, you know. And even the way she sings it, um, you know, that four lines right there or the couple lines sounds completely different in the song than the rest of the song and i feel like her voice in that section is kind of like nonchalant or uh carefree or kind of like maybe even a sarcastic tone um and then immediately following that she just goes back into the chorus because baby i could build a castle and it's like you know loud and rock again yeah i love that transition mm -hmm. how about this interesting line the rumors are terrible and cruel, but honey, most of them are true. I have a hard time figuring out what that might mean. What do you guys think? You know, I don't think she's trying to say the rumors about her insuring her legs for $40 million or any of the other crazy rumors that have come out about her in previous years mean that they're all true. So I think that's why I struggle with that part. Because in my opinion, most of the rumors about Taylor are false. Correct. I don't know. I think she might just collectively be talking about all the rumors that all her famous friends have to deal with. A lot of them might be exaggerated, but, you know, some of them might come from some piece of truth. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I was just thinking about Selena and Justin. Obviously, they've broken up and gotten back together several times but i feel like the media has blown it so out of proportion and really trashed selena a lot yeah so there's a little bit of truth to them but then the media just takes them so far out of proportion 
I think really that could apply just to anybody. And that's why I really like this song. It Anybody can relate to this song. We all have friends. We all have inner circles. And maybe there are rumors or gossiping going around. And especially if you're younger, you have to deal with a lot of that. Because the line before this says, we team up, then switch sides like a record changer. Kind of like... When you have a group of friends, you still can have cliques within that group of friends and people just change alliances, which is kind of frustrating. But Taylor's group of friends seems really cohesive, so I don't know. I think like the line says, it is a good anthem song. Yeah, it really is. It really sums up the 1989 album themes. Yeah, that's a good point. It does have a very good placement as um, I know it's, you know, like really uh, track number 13, Clean, is the end of the album. But track number 16, New Romantics, is a definitely a great finishing song. So let's pretend that she did release this as a single. Would you guys see the music video kind of like a 22 music video or something else? I think it would be similar. I think she'd have a lot of her famous friends in it. I think it would be similar, but way more edgy. Way more, kind of like you mentioned, nightclub-esque. I'd agree with that stuff, yeah. Yeah, rather than being, you know, it looked like in 22 they were outside and they were by a pool. Uh, Maybe this one would not necessarily be darker, but, you know, yeah, like more inside um, at a party or a club or... Maybe more of a feel like trouble kind of. Yeah, that's a good uh, good point. The the scenes from uh, inside some of those uh, places that they were in the Trouble music video. And if we were to get this on tour, any thoughts on the performance? I think it would be on the B stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would be on the on the main set list. I don't know. Well, keep in mind, the B stage is now connected to the main stage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. So I don't know if it'll be that (laughs) distinct anymore. You know, like a surprise song almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it will make the main set list. But I really would love to see it. And if, if we're wrong and say Ashley's idea of every single song being on the set list happens <laughs> i'm really pulling for you ashley by the way <laughs> just <laughs> i don't think i really meant the bonus tracks when i said that i meant the all 13 songs from the album oh okay <laughs> still i think you could do some really awesome choreography with this song you know like i can just see a lot of really intricate dancing and probably a big group of dancers all over the stage don't you just wish her tour could be like four hours long (laughs) yes (laughs) see swifties would but everyone else is going to the shows would be like oh my god when is this ending yeah (laughs) we just want to hear shake it off (laughs) (laughs) say she brings back doing an actual encore like she did for speak now i was kind of bummed that she didn't really have one for red but this Surprising. would be a good, mm-hmm. like, this is the last song, then she leaves the stage and comes back for the encore to end with, obviously, I think Shake It Off will be the finale. But I don't know, I could see that. That would be cool. If they did do this as a performance, I could definitely see a disco ball and a lot of techno-colored strobe lights. That would be fun. Well, does anybody have any final thoughts or opinions about New Romantics? I just want to say that I heard it played in Victoria's Secret a while ago, and I was very excited about that. (laughs) Was it on the screen or just on the speaker? No, just on the speakers. Oh, that is exciting. Well, we hope you enjoyed our discussion of the New Romantics, and we wanted to give you a couple of reminders please go to iTunes and press the subscribe button because that will automatically download our latest episode for you. You won't have to go searching for it. If you would like to reach out to us um, for any reason to ask us questions, to submit to mini segments, um, you can reach us on Twitter at SwiftCast13. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. 
Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash theswiftcast. And you can also visit our website at swiftcast13.com. Please submit to our mini segments. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we love getting them and we always have room for a bunch. So we'd love to get some more Swifty problems or Swifty successes from you guys. And just as a reminder, again, as we mentioned earlier, mark your calendars for next Sunday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. Call us. We really are excited to talk to you. And also, one last thing. Since we now technically have over 100 episodes on iTunes, some of our bonus episodes and things like that, iTunes has started archiving so that only the last 100 episodes show up on iTunes. So if you want to go back and listen to any of our old episodes, some of those are starting to no longer be on iTunes, but they are all on SwiftCast13.com, so you can always go there. And to wrap it up, next week, what do you guys think Taylor will do? I think next week we'll probably be quiet again because I think she's so busy rehearsing. Maybe she'll tweet something more about rehearsals and then she'll go to the iHeart award show and win a bunch. I think while she's still in Nashville, she's going to go to the Pancake Pantry. Ooh, I love the Pancake Mm. Pantry. I think that, um, and I think we mentioned this last week on the episode, we don't know about Taylor attending the Kids' Choice Awards. Um, We're not sure if she will or not, but I predict that if she does, she will finally get slimed because I don't think she has ever in the past. (laughs) I would actually like to see it just for the sake of seeing it. (laughs) I agree. Well, I think that she is going to announce that Kendrick Lamar is coming on tour with her. (laughs) (laughs) she's his biggest fan that would be a very long roster of acts on the tour it's taylor she can make it work (laughs) yes you already have haim uh sean mendez and vance joy so that would be another one would uh be a lot but well it's fine it'll be like woodstock at one of these things you know (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode and we will see you um, if you would like to participate next week um, in our call-in episode. So for episode 99, this has been Adam, Ashley, Nate, and Steph. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.